Welcome, welcome, welcome to the very first episode of a podcast called Block Talk, Crypto for the Culture. I'm your host, Leroy, Bahamas born, bred, and good dad. <laughs> but for real, for my international listeners, I, I live in the U.S. right now, but I'm originally from Nassau, Bahamas. That we're going to call from now on the 242, so you know what I'm talking about. Um, but this is my first ever podcast this is my first attempt at a project like this. I mean, I've done the, the blogging thing, websites, social media, all that good stuff. But, you know, this is my first audio experience. <laughs> Let me put it like that. But no, I feel good about it. I feel good. I could see this being like a top 10 podcast. I could see that happening. Um, but I felt like this was an important time to do it. I feel like audio, like a podcast, would be the best way for me to do what it is that I'm trying to do with uh, regards to blockchain and cryptocurrencies. And what I mean by that is, to put it in perspective, this is a it's a crazy time to be alive right now. It's a, this is a very wild time that we're living in right now. This is the technology age. We're living in a time where information travels faster than it's ever traveled before. Less than 100 years ago, people were still delivering envelopes, like <laughs> in cars. And it now I could get whatever I want in a couple seconds with just a couple presses on a smartphone. So it's crazy. I mean, if you need an example, go on your Twitter feed right now. If you go to Twitter and you look up any trending topic, anything, you go ahead and pick. I'll let you pick. Load up that page and then refresh the page after about five seconds and see how much new information you're going to have on your phone. And that's what I mean. It's, it's, it's crazy. And blockchain and cryptocurrencies aren't really an exception to this rule, to the to the speed of this information and the technology. In fact, it's like blockchain really is one of the fastest evolving technologies we have right now. Um, if you're not directly involved or you don't really follow um, tech news and updates with businesses, ask any of your friends who either work at a bank or they work at wherever, just someone who you know reads a lot. Ask them about fast-growing technologies or quickly evolving technologies. You'll hear some stuff about AI, like the artificial intelligence. You'll hear deep learning, uh, automatic driving cars, autonomous cars. But I guarantee, I promise you, you're going to hear blockchain and cryptocurrencies come up almost every time. And to put it in perspective of how fast these things evolve, the experts... So the people who've been in it for, I would say, cryptocurrencies, blockchain, have been on the forefront since, that was about 2009. That was about 2009. So let's say someone started actually working in this field, working in this area, or doing research in 2010. It's 2018. That's eight years now. I would name that person an expert. I don't know about you, but I would personally 
<laughs> someone's been doing this for eight years, it's only been around for nine years, I think that person knows what they're doing. But I say this to say, these experts are still in 2018 to this day learning something new every single day. There's some new information or there's a new program, there's a new protocol, there are new things added to these every day. So the experts got to work every single day just to keep up. They have to work every day just to learn. They're still students. So what do you think happens to the average person? I mean, realistically, they're going to get left in the dust. I mean, that's the reality of it. That's what happens. The information is just going to fly straight by them. So take the average person. They just work a nine to five hustle. They keep their head down. They keep it moving. They do what they got to do. They have no prior knowledge of Bitcoin or cryptocurrencies or any of this other stuff. They know one or two of their friends um, said they have some Bitcoin. They made some money on it. They know a couple other friends who work in finance, work at a bank, talking about it being a scam. So they don't really know. They don't know that much about it. If you were to take that person and you put the Bitcoin white paper in front of them. Now, for those who don't know, a white paper is kind of like the blueprint. It's it's the guidelines for the protocol. It's basically the rules of Bitcoin. So if you were to take that white paper and you put that in front of this person, I promise you they won't make it past the first page. <laughs> the response you're going to get is, first of all, this is nine pages that you want me to read. Second, this is really small font on these nine pages that you want me to read. Third, this really small font is split up into 12 whole sections across these nine pages that you want me to read. So <laughs> you could take that back. But I mean, you can't really blame them. That's it's actually a lot of information. It's a lot of stuff to process. And the average person doesn't have the time or even the motivation really to read a nine page white paper or go online and look up these different videos or tutorials breaking down the stuff or or even to go attend a lecture or some class or take a course um, to teach them about these currencies and these um, this blockchain technology. They don't have the time or the motivation for it. And from what they have seen or heard of it, it's way too complicated for them to even be bothered <laughs> to try to figure it out. When they hear about it, they look on the news. It's just numbers, words, jargon. It's nothing. It means nothing to them. It's too complicated. And it doesn't really have to be. So what ends up happening is these people figure, okay, well, you know, I'll just let the government or I'll let the nerds or the bank and finance people figure all that out. And then I'll let them explain it to me later. They could break it down once they get all the rules. So that's kind of where I decided to step up to the plate right there. Because I feel like this is just way too important. It's too crucial right now for anyone, for any of us to 
let other people or wait for other people to figure it out and then explain it to us. So it feels like it's late in the game. It's really not. Because like I said earlier, the experts are still learning every day. Every single day, the experts are still learning so you could learn right along with them. I feel like there's no better time to get in on it, actually. I mean, yeah, earlier probably would have been better, but you can't change that now. So why not just jump in now, right? I feel like it's, it's, it's crucial for us to get in on this while it's still young, while the technology is still new and still being formed. I'm, you've heard the saying before. I'm sure most of you have heard the saying, life is a game. It's just how you play it. Or life is a game. You just got to know how to bend the rules. Anything along those lines. You've heard some saying along those lines about life being a game and you've got to figure out how to play it. I believe that. <laughs> like, I actually believe that I have that. I share that view on life. I'm not saying it's only a game, but I'm saying it has the characteristics of a game. Whereas you got to learn the rules, you got to figure them out, you got to figure out how to play or how best you could play, I should say. And when I look at blockchain and cryptocurrencies, I see this as a new game. This is a basically still a new game that's still being figured out. So if it's a new game and the rules are still being sorted out, they're still feeling it out, figuring out what works and what doesn't. I feel like there's no better time than now to get in on it. I mean, sure, you could have gotten in on it before, like a couple of years ago, but there's no change in that now. So may as well just jump in now, right? That's how I look at it. And plus, if you were to get in on it now, you essentially end up helping to make the rules for it. When you become involved now in the formative years, in the, in the early stages, let's call it, because we're still in the early stages, realistically. This is young technology. Coming in now, during the early stages, when the rules are still being figured out and the regulations are still being figured out and people are still learning what this stuff is and what it can do, when you end up helping to make the rules, guess what happens? Guess what happens when you end up helping to make the rules for a game that you're going to play? You have a much better time playing, right? <laughs> like you're definitely going to enjoy a game more that you help to set up or that you help to create. If you make a game, chances of you winning it are way higher than playing someone else's game. So looking at blockchain and cryptocurrencies, you're helping to form the rules for a game where, yeah, some people had some head starts. Yeah, some people got in earlier. Yeah, some people got rich. Yep, some people still making money. But guess what? There's a lot more to be had. We still have a lot of time in the race. If this was the four by four, let me use that as an analogy. Right now, with regards to blockchain and cryptocurrencies, if this was a four by four relay, this is only the first leg. This is only the first runner. 
Like, yeah, you might be in the back. Like, you might be in the back of the other runners. But it's the first leg. We got a whole other 300 meters to go through. <laughs> so we have a lot of time. Anyway, I don't want to get too deep right off the bat. I just wanted to give you a, a feel for why I wanted to start this podcast and kind of my my views of the technology a little bit. But I... I feel like that was a pretty nice icebreaker. I think that was easily top five. Out of all the icebreakers I've ever heard, that was probably top five. I mean, it it, it doesn't really get much better than this. this <laughs> don't mind don't mind the, the, the fake confidence. I'm I'm really nervous. <laughs> anyway, uh I got a bit ahead of myself, so I'm going to bring it back really quick. So let's get down to the point of this podcast. Who is this guy and why should I bother listening to him? (laughs) So first off, if you made it this far into the podcast already, something that I said at some point earlier on caught your interest or made you feel some type of way. So Gotcha. (laughs) But no, for real. If we're going to keep it simple, I'm just a regular guy that is allergic to all things fake. I I don't do fake. I don't do phony. I don't do faux. I don't do fugazi. I don't do like it's too exhausting, like putting on a persona. It's too exhausting keeping up with lies. So I like to just keep it how it is. I'm not going to sugarcoat anything. I'm going to (laughs) try Not to be biased with the delivery for the information. But yeah, if we're going to keep it simple, I'm just a pretty real guy. Um, but keeping it simple is never enough. So we'll go into some a little bit of detail. Um, my history with Bitcoin, cryptocurrencies, blockchain, blah, blah, blah. So I first actually had... Well, I'd heard about it for years, um, probably around 2011, 2012. I was still an avid gamer, um, very active in the gaming community and online forums, um, where you will always find a gathering of nerds, computer techies, all this good stuff, because these were the people who were dealing with cryptocurrencies. They were the ones who made it. Um, what it is today. So in those forums, you would hear it thrown around here and there. I didn't really pay too much attention to it. I didn't really care much for it because I didn't know what it was. It didn't really matter to me. But it was around 2013. Um, I was playing this online game called Maple Story, which, by the way, ate up a huge chunk of my (laughs) adolescent life that game is that game is evil that game is the devil but it is a great game but maple story i was playing maple story and long story short i was in a marketplace it's an online marketplace in the game and this guy was trading some stuff and he wanted to trade some Bitcoin, not whole Bitcoin now, because 
at this time, I think 2013, Bitcoin is probably around like $100. So if a dude was sending me a whole Bitcoin for something, I would gladly. Yeah, well, back then, I guess I didn't really see the importance. Anyway, I digress. He wanted to trade um, using Bitcoin. Of course, I said no, because I didn't really understand what it was. But then I started to, after that, I noticed more and more people in the online communities talking about trading with Bitcoin and using Bitcoin as money. Now, I knew about fiat money, which is the government-issued money that we all use, the banknotes. And I knew about digital currencies, like in-game currencies, where you have the currency that's used in the game itself that you can purchase with your fiat or your regular currency. So I knew about those. So I just figured, okay, Bitcoin is probably just another one of those. I don't really care. But um, by the end of the year, I had gotten enough interest in it to accept a couple of these payments. I set up a wallet and I made some trades online. So that's my my first encounter with Bitcoin was over an online game. So yeah, but since then, I got pretty, I was pretty passive in it. I didn't really see the importance and biggest regret was me actually using all of those, basically all of the Bitcoin that I had back then for <laughs> buying more online stuff in the game. <laughs> Looking back at it, it didn't really matter. But if I knew what I know now, that we would be in a much different position. Let me say that. But I started to pick back up on the on following the Bitcoin and blockchain and cryptocurrencies um, last year, early 2017. Um, I had gotten interested in it again. Started to do some research, started to invest in it. I eventually became a certified Bitcoin professional and went on to obtain a few more certifications in the field for blockchain and cryptocurrencies. And I came to realize that this this stuff is it's crazy. It's crazy to say the least. It's there's a lot of possibility behind the technology. There's a lot of opportunity that can be created from the use of this technology and the the adoption of it by not just businesses but individuals because it's 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 the next big thing to just to put it plainly it's the next big thing if you are old enough to remember when the internet first became commercial when everyone just started getting the internet in their homes. If you remember how big that was, this is bigger than that. Or it will be. I think it is now. But in this field, like any other field, any other walk of life, you're going to find a lot of different characters. So you're going to find uh, people like the false prophets, the people who preach to know the way, they know the technology, they know what we need to do with it, um, they want to guide you to the promised land, but in all reality, they, they, they don't. They really don't. Um, and the scary part is they 
actually believe that they do. They don't realize that they don't really know exactly what they're talking about. And there's a lot of that. Trust me, if you if you want to know some more, look up BitConnect. B-I-T-C-O-N-N-E-C-T. Look that up real quick. Um, you're going to have, aside from the false prophet, then you have people like the wolves. Now, they're the most dangerous ones because they know that <laughs> they have no clue what they're talking about. But they also know that you don't know that they have no clue what they're talking about. And they will not hesitate to capitalize on that. They won't hesitate. Like, it is foot on the next season. They don't care. They do not care. So, these so-called experts and gurus and all these other people. Mind you, there are legitimate experts. There are legitimate people in the space. But there's also the illegitimate ones. You always have the good with the bad. So... It's really important to find a reliable source so that you're not misled or misinformed um, about this information. So I'm here now to tell you from my perspective, I'm not an expert. I'm not a guru. I'm not any of those self-righteous titles. I'm, what I am is a student. I'm a student that's passionate about sharing what I learned in this field. I'm passionate about others knowing what I know and seeing how far this technology could take us. Seeing what all we could actually do when we implement this. And yeah, 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 I know some of you are wondering, well, if you're a student, how you could help me? You can't have a student teaching another student. I don't make any sense. Well, listen to this. Check this out. If you were fortunate enough to go off to college or you know someone that currently attends college or went to a college before, then you're probably familiar with the term TA. Now, for those who don't know, a TA, TA stands for teaching assistant. And you want to know who's almost always the teaching assistant in a class? I don't know which answer is, but the answer is student. It's almost always another student that studies or works in that field. So the TA in most cases, if not all, is a student that's been in the field. They did the legwork, they have a significant amount of experience, and they're actively involved in that field. So you have someone who, just to put it in perspective, you would probably have a senior, a fourth-year college student as the TA for an introductory college class, a first or second-year college class. Now, the reasoning behind that um, from my perspective, because I was a TA in college, is that the professor or the teacher is normally a significant, there's normally a significant age difference between the teacher and the student, the master and the student, the professor and the student, any of these things. So when you have someone that's closer to 
your age range, when you have someone who's maybe just one, two, three years older than you are or ahead of you, then you have someone who is easier to relate to. You have someone who can break down some of the more complex ideas or some of the more complex information that your professor or teacher might have a difficult time breaking down because they may understand it, but the problem is helping you to understand it. The issue comes when there's nothing that they can relate the information to to make it relevant to you or to make it easier for you to understand. But when you have a fellow student, basically one of your peers, sitting down and breaking the stuff down with you, it it just makes the overall experience, the learning experience, more fluid. It makes it easier. And I'm here to say that I've dedicated myself to learning about this technology and seeing it come to fruition, seeing it develop and grow and change lives around the world. It already started. It's already started. We'll get into some of that in some of the later parts, but this is already shaking up countries around the world. So if you're a beginner hearing about cryptocurrencies and blockchain and Bitcoin for the very first time, or if you're a professional, you're a, you trade daily or you hold or you've been in the game for a couple of years. I don't care what level you're at. I don't. It doesn't matter to me wh- where you are in this spectrum. I just want you to understand how this stuff works and what it could do. Point blank, period. That's it. So why a podcast? Why did I choose a podcast for this? Well, if we're going to be honest, I know that most people aren't going to read if I write this information out. Um, I'm still going to I'm still going to do some writing. Um, I'm working on a short little ebook, an introductory ebook. Um, that'll be out. I'll have more information for that later. But most people aren't going to read. This is the easiest this is way easier for people to just sit down and listen while they're in the car, stuck in traffic, or something to plug into when you work. I actually, I doubt anyone listens to podcasts like these when they're working out. But it's easier for you to just play something in the background while you're doing something else. Um, so there's really no excuses at this point for you to not be informed about this stuff. I'm making sure you don't have any excuses to not know what's going on with blockchain and cryptocurrencies. Um, And that's pretty much all I really wanted to cover in this first episode. So I didn't want to bombard you with a bunch of information and facts and this and that. I just wanted to give you a feel for how this podcast is going to be. Um, so in the next few episodes, I'm going to be focusing on the essentials, just the essentials. Um, and by the essentials, I mean, I'm not going to get into too much detail. 
I'm not going to go too much into the technical aspects of it. I just want you to have the core information that you will absolutely need to understand. We have to have that foundation. We have to have that strong foundation for you to build on um, to learn more in this field. So after we have that steady foundation, after we lay down the concrete, then we'll branch out to some of the other stuff. Um, so bear with me. Um, it's going to be a little shaky at first. Anyone that knows me knows that this is sort of outside of my MO. I've never really been much of a talker, and this is an all-talking platform. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be, we're both going to grow together. We're all going to grow together. I'm going to grow with y'all. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, for those who don't know me, so growing up, I was always quieter. I was a quiet kid. And it wasn't because I was shy or I didn't like talking to people or anything like that. I just didn't really see the need to talk if I didn't have something that I needed to say or something that was important to say. So I just listened a lot. And when you're quiet, someone always fills the gap. So it's not like I was just sitting down in silence. People are always talking around you. Um, so I just sat down and listened. I observed. That was I was that kind of kid. <laughs> So going from basically saying nothing to fully addressing an audience on a podcast, it's, for me, it's sort of a big deal. But how I look at it is this. I've spent most of my life listening. I spent most of my life observing. And now I feel it's the time for me to speak. Now is my time. So I'll end the podcast with just a question for you, my listeners. You're not really viewers, as audio. My listeners, will you let me be your TA for blockchain and cryptocurrencies? Bam. That's it. <laughs> so thank you so, so much for listening to the podcast. I really appreciate it. I don't really know what people do <laughs> to podcasts like that. So just hit all the buttons. Make sure to hit the like, subscribe, share, comment, whatever buttons there are underneath there. If you're listening on Spotify, Google Podcasts, iTunes, whatever, hit all the buttons, leave a comment, and I will love you forever. Thank you. This has been Block Talk with Leroy, and remember... Mango is the ultimate fruit. That's not up for discussion. That's important. Y'all have a great day.